Welcome along to this edition of Bite High No Limit. This episode is a special. It's a live recording of the Teddytech Sofa Club. It was held at the same weekend as Mr Biffo's Digitizer 30 at the Harrow Arts Centre. So without any further ado, join me and Dan Farramond, who was coming in live via telephone from Wigan. Hello, everyone say hello to Dan, who is in Wigan. Everybody in Harrow. That's it. So, is it? Is that raining where you are? Always, always. <laughs> Excellent. Well, if to everybody that doesn't know, and um, hopefully there's a lot of people that don't know that are new to the uh, Teletext Sofa podcast that we do uh, through the YouTube channel, is that Dan is the uh, co-host of the um, of the Teletext Sofa. Mm-hmm. Club podcast, so he is here. He has to be here, or otherwise it's uh, it, it just doesn't happen. So uh, it's very kind of him to come along. And today we will have some guests as well, so it'd be very good. So just recently uh, started a podcast. I'm fairly new to all this, and I'm picking up some brand new shows. And obviously, as you go around, you start picking up some uh, you know new 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 people that you don't often listen to. So um, it's been a great pleasure to start listening to the Wolfie Pod. Uh, so today I'd like to introduce Jason and Rick. So if you come up and give them a big Sofa Club welcome. Lovely. I just uh, might have to grab your microphone. I'm just seeing if I can point a mic at the phone so we get a bit oh, more volume. Oh, yeah. Okay, so right. Yeah, use that, no, use that one for them. Okay, okay. yes, yeah. For your co-host that's not here. Yeah, we this go. could go horrendous. Yeah. All right, okay, lovely. Hello. Hello, yes, okay, so I'm, I'm going to sit down because uh, the nerves kicked in. Right, okay, so, uh, right, so which one's Jason? Which Hello, one? my name's Jason. Okay, and you must be? I must be rich. Must be rich, okay, and you run a podcast called uh, What's uh, Wrong With Wolfie, is that We do, yeah. we do, yes. Okay, so, so the name What's Wrong With Wolfie, is it a podcast all about Citizen Smith? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's um, it, it's a pop culture podcast where we uh, just well, we, when we first started the podcast, we wanted just to go through the nineties, one year at a time. So that's what we did, wasn't it? We did indeed. Yep. Um, and uh, we we just did a film, a TV show, and then a video game from each year, and then we just moved on to the next year. So we managed to do that. We managed to get through the whole of the 90s and we were a bit like, okay, what should we do now? And so we, we just decided to broaden it out. Um, we, started, we went to the 80s, into the 90s and into the zeros. And now we're just a bit more free form and we just kind of dedicate one episode to um, a film or a TV show or something like that. Oh, okay, I see. So um, I came across the podcast, first of all, because you did an interview with Paul Rose. Uh, if you- Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We had we had Mr. Biffo on a couple of years ago, now wasn't it? Yeah, we did indeed. Yeah. Um, and that was a bit of a fluke, really, because we were just mucking around on Twitter or X. Sorry. And, X. Uh, X. <laughs> yeah. X. And I think I just tagged Mr. Biffo in a tweet and said, "Oh, we should get Mr. Biffo on to talk about it." And then he replied and get, "Yeah, why not?" Yeah. As Mr. Biff, I would say. Uh, you know. yeah, excellent. Yeah. excellent. So, were you two avid as yourself back in the day? Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. yeah, I definitely was. I mean, going right back to the very beginning, my sister had the first TV in the house that was Teletext capable. So every day after school, come home, sit on her floor while she's still at work, read Digitizer, read Planet Sound, play some bamboozle. So, yeah, all the way to the end, I was using it on the daily. So it's nice to see it still in the hearts of people now and there's obviously you know pushes to keep it you know to restore it and bring it back to prominence yeah so it's always quite impressive how it um you know how how the scene is still out there restoring things i mean we got in the crowd there we got a couple of people who have restored the digitizer service mm. and that's gone out into a great prominence as well and uh, uh yeah so were you also uh, a great fan of uh, teletext as well yeah mate um and funny enough, like everything that Rich said, um, I, I used it for, but obviously for the football schools as well, was a big thing for me. Um, you know, it was the best way to, to find out what the latest scores were going to be. And 
I think just one of the biggest memories that stick in my brain is waiting for the page to reload or refresh for the next one, waiting for my team to show up just to see if they'd scored the next goal to, to be winning the game and such. And it was quite exciting, really, just, just watching the TV, waiting for the pages to reload, just, just on that in itself. Absolutely, it'd be like the uh, re- the refresh of optimism because obviously you'll be sort <laughs> yeah. of like you'll be two two nil down and then all of a sudden go out and make a cup of tea and you you you're going sure that's a glitch we haven't we haven't scored two goals in such a short time exactly so, yeah. yeah so it was really cool doing that and uh, obviously bamboos on the digitizer and all that kind of stuff was uh, yeah it was just really cool um, and it's just so I don't know like um, it it kind of like leaves your brain I guess like as we've grown up and it's kind of faded away a little bit I guess and it's and it's really cool like where we've kind of rediscovered it recently I guess and the 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 love and the um, passion that's still there for Teletext and CVAX and all that kind of stuff and it's just been really cool to revisit all, all again um, and we you know we we got a page on Chunky Text for yes. the podcast yeah so yeah, Chunky Text is a service that we're running uh, through the through the thing which can be viewed anywhere um, and it's uh, we're showcasing a lot of other um, you know podcasts and uh projects and passions that are coming through so you go back into the suite after this uh, at some point and, and do check it out it's really good isn't it it is really cool and like it was so cool just to see like our names in a, in a teletext page wasn't it it was quite weird and surreal yeah, yeah, I did uh, send some pictures to my mum. I was like, hey, like 25 years later, your boy's on Teletext. So she was very, very proud. So, <laughs> Well, you were not the only people that got that pride because I think uh, Fran Healy and, um, and and a few other like, famous... Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, a few other famous musicians. Uh, that, that was the only way. They used to do the interviews with Teletext just so that their um, so that their parents knew that they were doing well. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that still follows. That, that's, that's really good. So um, one other podcast that you did was the one where... Was, what's the name of the WhatsApp guy that you... Um, the, the WhatsApp. The WhatsApp, not WhatsApp. WhatsApp guy. Does anyone <laughs> remember WhatsApp? <laughs> So um, the, these guys managed to get a good coup on, a, on an interview with them, and it was a really good interview. So how did you manage to get hold of um, such, such an obscure guest, really? It's, uh, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> you did the work. Oh, OK, thanks. Um, well, it all led from uh, the Chris Moore show on Radio X, actually. He has a, a feature on there where called Who Am I? And they get a mystery guest on, and then they've got to guess who it is from just all the uh, questions they ask. And it turned out to be Dookie from the WhatsApp adverts back back from the 90s. And I was like, do you know what? That would be a really cool person to talk to. Because, like, it was such a cultural phenomenon when those adverts aired. And, like, it seems to have been kind of forgotten recently. Like, it, it kind of has been forgotten and it hasn't because it's still so much in the zeitgeist. Like, people still go and go, what's up? And all that kind of stuff. But never really heard from the people that were behind the adverts. So I thought it'd be really cool to try and like approach him and see if he would come on the show. So I sent him a message on Facebook and I didn't expect to hear anything back at all. Um, but he came back and said, yeah, that'd be cool. I'd love to come on and uh, talk, talk about uh, the WhatsApp adverts and how they came to be and, and the kind of like what it was like to live in the, the aftermath of the adverts um, airing. And, uh, and it was really an interesting chat, actually. And like we, we learned that he'd also been like... Um, um, he'd been like a bouncer at clubs in Philadelphia and like the kind of life that he led doing all that kind of stuff and like you know dealing with drug dealers and gangsters and all that kind of stuff and I kind of like to get him back on because we, we kind of ran out of time there was so much to talk about with him that we didn't really touch upon that too much because he was also like a um, he was also an owner of a video rental store in Philadelphia and um, we kind of touched upon that not really knowing what we'd get back, but did we? Um, but he came back with some really cool, like, interesting stories about running this kind of, like, video rental store and, like, being, like, a backbone of the community, really. It was it was not also about going in and being able to rent videos. It was also about being part of the community there and pe- just for a place for, for the people there to come and hang out and such. Mm. There was a really interesting story about that on the podcast. So I hope you don't mind me sort of uh, telling everyone. No, no. But, um, they used to have like a the, the local drug dealer used to go in and get his videos and uh, used to used to get quite a few and then do time and then return them back when he when he finished his prison sentence with the late due fees. 
uh, but also the, the undercover cop that probably nicked him as well who was used to hire the, the videos it was as if there was a truce when they used to come and rent their movies so it was re- really quite interesting stuff yeah he, he, he said that um, you know he'd disappear for like a couple of weeks and he'll just come back pay the late fees and then take some more videos <laughs> and then he like asked what he was doing he said yeah I'm kind of like I can't remember what the organisation was but he likes our DEA agent or something wasn't it yes um yeah, and he says, yeah, I'm a DEA agent, so I have to go around the world and do all this spy stuff, and so your video's just, enter- <laughs> you know, some kind of entertainment in between. So Wildly snaking people out. So, yeah, so that's, that's brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us today on the on the Sofa Club. Um, no, uh, Dan, Dan, have you got any questions? Yeah, I- are you actually sitting on the sofa right now? We are, yes. Yes, we are. Oh, oh. for the first time on Sofa Club, there is a sofa. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. Shame, shame you're not here for it, Dan. But yeah, there, there is a space for you. Just about you. You could squeeze right in at the end. You're you're a smaller chap than us. All oh, right, okay. I've lost. It's, it's, it's like Eurovision, isn't it? Okay, lovely. Well, um, no one leaves empty-handed. Oh. Um, because there's two of you, you can have to share one bottle of uh, Nigerian Fanta. Oh, so that's fine. <laughs> if if everybody wants to give uh, Richard and Jason a really big hand, and thank you very much for stepping yeah. in and doing no, the thank uh, you. doing the interview. Thank and, you, everyone. Right, where can we get your podcast? Please broadcast it out so we can uh, all follow. So you can get it on all normal major uh, podcast apps. We're on YouTube as well. Uh, you can go to thewolfypod.com or and also at the Wolfie Pod on X. X and uh, your favourite social media platforms. <laughs> well, which are many now. We've got Blue Sky, Freds, uh, Mastodon, all sorts really. There's loads out there, isn't there? So, Indeed. Yeah, it's a plethora of that. So, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Thank you very much again, guys. Thank you. Cheers. 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 Is there a Q&A section for these guys? Well, yeah, we can put some questions out there. We can leave you there with the mic. Does anyone else want to ask a question about what's uh, what's what's wrong with Wolfie Podcast? Actually, we didn't actually say why your podcast is called that, did we? No. All right, so I'm going to give you the mic back there. Yes. When we came to try and name the podcast, we were we took ages to try and come up or nail a name. You know, we kind of trying to do all the like normal. Oh, you know the 90s magic pod or I don't know stupid names like that but Rich came up with the idea of like well why don't we just try and name it after like an obscure um, line from a movie or something so that's what we did I don't know if anyone in the audience can pick up on what that line is okay right I'm going to go over there okay who 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 said yes I did oh it's from Terminator 2. It's what's wrong with Wolfie? I can hear him barking. Yeah. Perfect. But the dog's called Max. The dog's <laughs> called Max. Yeah, get exactly. it, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I always sign up the podcast, you know, retro podcast to the Max. Oh, I say, yeah, to the Max. That's the, that's the thing. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for that. Lovely job. Cheers. All oh, right, okay, right. Everyone shut your eyes because the next guest is coming in and he's going to come in really ready. Okay, right, okay. So, here, we've got to pretend that we're just doing something else, and that's... Uh... Alright, it's Jason Black. Nobody will notice. He's Jason Black. No, no, no. Nobody will notice. No, no, not at all. So, okay, well... Yeah, I've got the remote. Is your head grow out your thigh? Okay, right, this is a jump cut, by the way, because when this goes out on the internet, you wouldn't see me like bullshitting and filling in space. So that'd be quite good. It'd be like jump cut. Which one? Lights. Lights. Color. Try the power button. There you go. Oh. Oh, right. Tonight, Matthew, I'm gonna be Jason. Round of applause, Jason. Welcome aboard. Grab yourself a mic. Lovely. Friend of the show, so obviously I don't have to ask him about Thank his you. first teletext experiences, although I know you'd love to ask, but they are available online. So, nice to meet you, mate. Thank you very much. Right. There is actually a sofa. There is. It's a sofa. And, uh, well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to do teletext, but we do have one. So, congratulations. What was what it that you actually a- attained? 
uh, Masters in Astrophysics. Yeah, rocket scientist. So yeah, take a right. seat, please, mate. Thank you, much. Thank you very much. So for anybody who doesn't know, this is Jason. Jason is the Grim Fandango. He is the Teletext archaeologist, Lauren Laverne's secret love interest. And also he has got... Oh, by the way, say hello to Dan, who's in the corner there. Hello, Dan. Hello, I'm in the corner. Hello. <laughs> hello. Okay, hello. <laughs> magic of internet. He's actually hello. there. It's not hello, sound. That's the sand bath. Yeah. you well. Yeah. There's <laughs> a bit, bit, bit of a delay. He's just up. Okay, so Jason has... Oh, hello, welcome to the Silver Club. <laughs> <laughs> Is this by satellite to Wigan? Is there... Yeah, it is by satellite. Yeah, satellite yeah, as well, yeah, for as long as my poor little phone uh, uh, copes. So, <laughs> but um, Jason does a lot with other people. It's not just Jason, and Jason would be the first to admit this. But he does a lot of uh, teletextile uh, recoveries. A lot of recoveries that were used last night in the uh, presentation were from Jason, um, and some some of the untidy ones actually, because they left a few J's and Y's in. I think. Which I know that everybody loved uh, who, who does it all. Um, but the latest update is uh, that Jason has now, I'll let him explain his latest development on his website. So, what can you tell us, Jason? About the archive? The archive, yes. <laughs> yeah, the archive, um, I've, I've been recovering Teletext pages since 2012. Um, so quite a long time. So what, what am I going to do with all these? So I, I wrote a website to put them on. And um, that's recently had an update. That's on teletextarchive.com. So there's about 2,500 services to look at there. There's, I think 2 million pages. So that that would keep me good for a while to go through those. Um, people all over the world uploading pages to that. Um, yeah, it's going, it's going pretty well. But the most marvellous thing about it now, it's got a search bar on it. Yeah, so you can search yourself. So you can actually type in stuff and it will bring stuff up. But my God, there's a lot of stuff that it brings up. You've got to be very specific. You type in Planet Sound and it gets every mention of Planet Sound on every page from every service. And it's um, it's quite it's quite mad. You end up going to like page five for, for, for the first thing you found, but it's absolutely brilliant on, on, on how that's done. So um, what what are the main what what's the main struggles of uh, keeping that up and running? Does it is it sort of like a is there is it you know is it a lot to maintain? Um, well, it's, it's it just runs itself um, most of the time. It's just a uh, hosting costs really. So, but yeah, it's, you know, it's nice to um, when you talk about being able to search on there. So that's yeah, you can just uh, do a text search. But um, I, I, people Google themselves on there who've like you know written letters to teletext you know years and years ago and things. It, you know, it helps people find stuff that they've already they, that they contributed. A long time ago, when we still had teletext, I mean, and that's what's one of the nice things about recovering teletext is that you can re- uh, return the art to the artist. I mean, that's what we did with the digitizer, is that um, you know, because teletext is a very transient medium. It was broadcast, and then once it was broadcast, that was it. It was just deleted, and it was gone. Nobody ever saw it again. And uh, I think uh, Paul wishes. That that would be the case sometimes on some of the, some of the digitizer pages, but um, it was nice to be able to recover them and send them back to him, and um, you know for a while he put them onto the website. But there's there's just so much of it that uh, it now goes on super page fifty eight instead. So there's uh, we've got quite a percentage of digitizers now recovered from Teletext, haven't we? So um, it's nice to, be able to re- return the art to the artist. So you know it's nice to. Say. Give Paul his pages back. No, absolutely. So when you were saying about hosting costs and all that, does that actually cost you a few quid to keep that up and running? Um, it's about about five hundred quid a year, so it's uh, not too bad. And is that a passion project? So you're going to have Surf Shark in the corner at any point? No, uh, no. It's just uh, no, there's no advertising, no nothing. It's all out of your own pocket. It must oh, be mad. That's <laughs> it. All right, uh, but no, hats off to you for doing it. It's been, and you know, it's re- really good that you do. So, so does anybody else have any questions to Jason in, in, in the audience? Yeah, help me out here, guys. Go on, Cole. It's not like a mild work. No, no, I am, no. <laughs> I do. Yeah, they don't get you in my voice. But, um, so, but yeah, if there's any questions at all, just put the hand up. Oh, there's a hand up at the back, so I'll just oh, go there. Oh, well, that's okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, come, come in, sir. So, no, it's fine. It's fine. Is there a like a holy grail recovery? Something oh. which you've not 
been able to recover so far, but you know it exists, you know it might be out there. Yeah, we do have a list. Um, one, of the one, one of them was the close down of Oracle when it switched into Teletext Limited, but we, we actually found that one, so that's, that's one we've crossed off. I think uh, what I would really like to find is that when CFAX first started in the sort of mid-70s, it was a very sort of small affair. There weren't many pages, there weren't many staff, and there weren't many people who could actually watch Teletext at all. Nobody's, virtually no one had sets. And um, what the first editor of CFAX used to do, he, used to, he had a, a sort of a special page that his wife knew about so that she, that she could dial up. And you know, when it was time to finish work, he'd put a message on there saying, I'm just, I'm just leaving work now, we put tea on. So it's been, it'd be lovely to find one of those uh, pages that the that um, the first editor of CFAX sent out. That'd be that'd be really good. But it's very very difficult to come by old old um, teletext pages. I mean, the oldest one is from thirtieth of August nineteen seventy five, which is about uh, eleven months after teletext first started, which is in um, which was like what was that twenty first September nineteen seventy four I think when CFAX started. So. Mm-hmm. It's a big year next year. It's 50th anniversary of Teletext next year, so yeah. uh, we'll be back in Cambridge next year to um, mm. uh, yeah to do another festival. Well, yes, so I was hoping with the um, archive, actually, I've got a new gauntlet for you to throw down. And you might have already had it, but um, John Earl's mentioned that Robert Smith of The Cure sent in a recipe for carrot cake into the cookery pages. Did he? Yeah, and and he and he's got the year as well, so it might be an idea. And he sent it in as Robert Smith. Oh right. Yeah, so there, there's Robert Smith of the Cures a recipe for carrot cake, up there. Oh, okay. have, have we searched for it on the archive? I've yet? not searched for it. I was going to see I if we could well, find it today. Because I haven't put everything of mine on there. There's got oh. loads, loads of stuff that I haven't uploaded yet. Because you know, just takes time to do so. Even if it wasn't, isn't on the website, it might be on a hard yeah. drive somewhere. Yeah, apparently he was a keen, keen teletext man. So, was he? Oh yes, yeah. He would uh, always go through it, and he was delighted to get his uh, recipe up. So, um, but yeah, I wonder, that, that, wonder, yeah. If, wonder if he follows. I've not seen him go past. No, if, like you know, if, if, if I get an interesting follower, I'll think, oh, that's good. Yeah, he's got like um, uh, you know Brian Cox, the physicist. He's, oh, he's yeah. a follower. Is he really? He's a teletext yeah. fan. Yeah, um, as well as Dave Gedge off the wedding present. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Only two. Well, there's, there's a, few, a few more out there. Probably. And you, Cole. Oh, oh yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you're too kind. Uh, too kind. Uh, but, yeah, no, hopefully we get a bit of Robert Smith on that. That would be, that'd be a good Smith one. Action. Yeah, a bit of Robert Smith action. So, it's, uh, so you're exhibiting here today. What, 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 what have you got on display today? Um, I've brought with me... Um, see, normally, we've been recovering Teletext for a while, and you can play it back via Raspberry Pi and watch it as it was when it was broadcast. But this time... I brought with me the video to a recovery as well. So we recovered the video that was being broadcast, a TV picture, as well as a teletext. And I'm showing them at the same time. Now, that's, you know, I think, okay, pretty cool. Well, on this occasion, it's uh, the space shuttle launch, the first one in 1981. And um, so we've got the video in the background of that. But CFAX did a special thing, like an experiment, where they did a a live commentary um, of the launch. And uh, yeah, so they, they got information about what's going on with the launch, and then when the launch comes, it switches into subtitles mode. So they comment, commentate in subtitles mode. There, saying you know, T minus zero lift off, and then just tell you what's happening. So I brought that with me, and that's running in the uh, other room, as well as uh, a, t- um, a digitizer. So did the Armstrong? Did the Armstrong tweet live from the moon then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be quite something, Dan. That would be quite something. Did they have internet on the moon? They had it way before us. <laughs> they had no atmosphere. Oh. Uh. You could have gone out there on SpaceX. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'll see you know. on Twitter. So that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. It. Brilliant. Well, look forward to seeing all that, definitely. That's, that's for sure. Um, no one leaves the show empty-handed. Does anybody have any more questions for Jason before he gets his bottle of Fanta? <laughs> I have a question. I have a question. Oh. What is the rudest word you have found in all of the recoveries you've made? Oh, oh Can you even say it? Well, I don't know. Um, my favourite one is well because when we do teletext recoveries, it's it's pretty good. Uh, we 
depending on the tape, depending on how old it is, etc. The recovery quality is pretty good, so you, know, you can get the odd mistake in the letter where the recovery hasn't quite worked, where it's got its imperfections. But I think my favourite one is uh, Yorkshire, the word Yorkshire. You, it sometimes will change the R, the second R in Yorkshire, to a T. <laughs> so um, that, I think that's my that's my favourite one. That makes that me Lancashire one. text, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, you should have heard some of the words I was saying trying to get you on the um, on the phone earlier, Dan. That would have been you. You'd have heard some interesting words there. So it's uh, brilliant. Well, I tell you what. Thank you very much, Jason, for being a guest on the Teletext Sofa Club, a Harrow Arts edition. Thank you very much. I think he deserves a big round of applause. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And as no one leaves empty-handed, you're customary a uh, bottle of, of, of a Nigerian Fanta. Is it, is, why is it Nigerian Fanta? Well, I'm glad you asked, Jason, because um, as, you, as you appreciate the bottle there, it's the tastiest Fanta, and I believe it's the same in Brazil as well. Okay, so it's... Uh, but this is our Fanta. Oh, it's, in a, it's in a plastic bottle, as opposed plastic to glass. And uh, for those in watching in black and white, they're, they're two different colours, right? Yeah. That's lovely. It's got like a satsuma sort of taste to it. It tastes different. Yeah. Uh, Also, another thing you'll notice about it is on the bottle, it just says it's for beverage use only. So you can't siphon out some petrol and, and... (laughs) <laughs> and, and use it for that so it's, uh, oh, that's a shame that was my afternoon plans out the window <laughs> but you can stay there if you like and uh, you know while I bring out my next guest right you are okay so I think the cleaning lady's gone and I think it might be no it's still not there no, <laughs> welcome along Steve Horsley <laughs> just um just be careful. There you go. You, you've cracked it. Thank you. That's it. Well, welcome <laughs> along, Steve Horsley. Um, everybody knows Steve. Does, does anybody not know Steve? Okay, right. So for the benefit of everyone who doesn't know Steve, he, Steve is um, probably, I think, one of the well. The, an archetypal artist on teletext. You'll notice a lot of his work on online. But I'm not here to blow smoke up in the backside. He's here to tell us all about his own story. So um, just what I'd like to do today, Steve, is just ask you a few questions. But I'm going to try and do it in a way that you've not been asked them before. Okay, so this is it. Some things here. So first of all, Steve, I just wanted to uh, really sort of, thanks for coming along. And I I wanted to really know about sort of like your, your first experience of Teletext, not necessarily working for it, but do, do you remember your first memories of using it? I wasn't a huge Teletext fan <gasps> initially. Um, but yeah, I was really just those, it was the film, what was coming out, it was the film reviews and it was, then it was the, you know, the art and watching the cartoons, or seeing the cartoons on there because I love the art. But it wasn't something I used all the time. Uh, subtitles occasionally. But I felt, even when I sort of moved into it and started doing it, I still didn't use it all the time, which is really strange because most people are huge fans. And I think that's half the trouble, jumping ahead here now to when I worked at Teletext, is I never appreciated it. I just did it was just a job. And now, looking back at it, I, I regret that, that I didn't appreciate what we, what we were doing. And it was just a job, because I'd say since then I've done, like it's pointed out, like 4,000 pictures, I think, have gone on file at the moment. Um, yeah, it was just basically film reviews and the art. That was basically it. I mean, that, that's absolutely fair enough. I speak to many journalists who just sort of used it just as a, you know, a, a job to do, and they've done a really good job just doing it that way around. You could say that perhaps if they did get too, um, too, too involved with it, you know, they perhaps wouldn't have come up with something as, you know, like as, a, as objective, you know, just seeing as it is and bringing it out. Because um, when you were going into um, Teletext, were there m- many other people that you were looking at, like luminaries or anybody else you were getting the inspiration from? Just before. Just before. Just before, yeah. 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 Um, because before I worked at um, Teletext, I, Biffo got me a job when he left Labrooks. I took over from him there. And that was my first 
sort of look at teletext. And even though it's very different to teletext, doing the art there, it was a big jump going backwards, going from teletext or elaborate system to the teletext system. There was so much more we could do with the elaborate system. Um, but again, I went in without doing any, I've never done it before. I used to sit next to Biffo, we, we were in school together. And, you know, for the high school, so from sort of 13, we were best friends and we sat in art class together and wound up the art teacher because we wouldn't do anything that he wanted. And, you know, his style, our styles are very similar, our humour is very similar, and they'd be just sort of, you know, hit it off. But, I, you know, for some reason he came to me and just said, do you fancy taking this over? And I was working at Harrow Council at the time, just in the engineering department, so I quit the job straight away and jumped over to Tele, uh, Telabrix. Yeah. which was great and I was freelancing there for about a year two years and then the lottery came out when the lottery came out they made massive cuts including the graphics they had so much library so that was the end of that right okay yeah so the one thing I noticed about the elaborate system when we were watching it last night with the montages of um, the animated horse in real time mm. animate, you know you could do that and also there appeared to be more colours it seemed yeah. to be like um yeah, so it was a bit, bit of a shock going over at Teddy Tech. Yeah, I, I think you could actually mix colours as well. So you could have colour blocks with the two different colours, so you could actually make it look different. So it sort of doubled the, the, the colour schemes as well. There, there was a lot more colours and shapes you could use. It was, I guess, a lot more like Teletech Level 2, which, mm. but way before. Yeah. I guess because they didn't have to broadcast it in the same way. They could use their own technology. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine there's less technical, technological mm. limitations. Yeah. Right, that's for sure. So, it, um, so I mean, you're a particularly techie guy at all? In I'm still in IT. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing I've been asking a lot of people recently is, do you remember your first ever tech that you used to use when you were perhaps a kid, or the first thing that fascinated you? What was that? Oh, Commodore Pet. My dad brought home a Commodore Pet, and it was the best thing ever. And it was before we had the Commodore 64, before we had any other computer. I didn't have a Spectrum or a games machine, and my dad still tells me now he was fascinated. I could sit down there and program a game before we'd even had anything, just a simple game, but it would work. And I loved it. The trouble was then we then got you know, the Commodore 64, and I started playing other people's games and stopped making my own. Oh, I see, yeah, so it sort of uh, killed off a bit of creativity yeah. there, I, I guess. Yeah. And that, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so so the pet was the one with the uh, inbuilt monitor. Um, Cassette player yeah, in it. Yeah and, yeah. yeah, and you could just lift it up and you could see all the insides. The bonnet. Really yeah, yeah, the bonnet. Yeah, yeah, you recently sold it to a computer museum. They gave, bought it from him. Oh, right. So, Oh, I no, wanted it back and he wouldn't let me have it so oh, right, you don't okay. get rid of it well we've got to find you a pet at some point then definitely, definitely. so um, how did you get the you said that uh, uh, Paul got you the job at Ladbrokes to backfill mm. his role otherwise he couldn't move on basically yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, then when Ladbrokes finished uh, and, and you wound up at Teletext I mean can, can you explain how that happened no 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 yeah. I, I, I was thinking about it yesterday I was thinking how did I end up at Teletext and I can't remember I honestly can't remember. I, I know when I got there, it was because Paul was doing all the graphics, but he wasn't doing the advertising. Yeah. And they needed the designer to do the graphics for the holiday pages and everything else, because he was doing everything else. Um, I think he was doing everything maybe initially, and then it was just too much with, mm -hmm. with digitizer as well. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's just, maybe again, maybe he just recommended me and it just came in. I don't remember a time where there wasn't, I wasn't doing, I was went straight from... Labrooks mm -hmm. to Teletext, mm -hmm. and I don't remember a time not doing anything in between, so it was obviously seamless, so it worked out really well. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, yeah. But again, it was just, it was a job, it was going there, I was really enjoying it. It was a lot of travelling, because I, I lived in North Harrow, and Rainless Lane is where Labrooks was, so it was just mm -hmm. you know, five minutes there. And then I started working in Fulham, and I had to go on the tubes every day, and it was like, then I started getting, yeah, it was very different. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it was. I, I was doing just all the adverts, all the graphics for all the adverts, all the holiday pages, mm. uh, everything, everything that wasn't editorial. Yeah. So, what was what was Fulham uh, like to work in? Was it like a, a hotbed of uh, like gossip and things like that, or what, as in the, the area, or just well, just the the, where you were? Because um, I think if I mentioned yesterday that it was like a, it was an old converted tram mm. transport. Yeah, yeah, it was great. There was the, the, the cafe he was talking about as well was called the Casbar. Yeah. That was that was great. I had some great breakfasts there. <laughs> and I did like my food. So that was a highlight. It was yeah. just you know, having lunch. Yeah. 
It was a great building. It was converted in, the, you know, that, I don't remember the photograph you saw yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That was the editorial section, was all upstairs. Yeah. And then you could look down and basically where everybody would have their meetings and there would be a kitchen. And then underneath there you had the IT department and then you had the advertising department. Yeah. And they were just tucked away at the, on the ground floor in the corner. Yeah. Even though it was the big thing, I think, that obviously adverts were keeping it going. Yeah, but it was, yeah. it was the third of the size of the editorial team. Oh, right. Oh, and and when I started working, it was great because I'd work up there with Paul. I'd be in the desk opposite. I'd watch them work and watch digitized being put together and everything else and just the chaos. And it was it was amazing. And then I was relegated downstairs. And it's like, I miss all that stuff upstairs. Everybody's so sensible down there. Yeah. It was like a different world. It yeah. really was. <laughs> you were put down there just to uh, <laughs> keep you on the straight and narrow. Yeah. So, it, uh, yeah, so has anyone got any questions out in the field there for um, Steve at all? So, that's fine. I think I I'm the, Oh, I you've got, we have one. Dan, Dan from Wigan. Yes. Hi, Dan. Hello. All the way up here in sunny Wigan. Look, I've got my ring light on anyway, so that's close enough. Um, so, Steve, you mentioned remembering the old Teletext cartoons in your formative years. Mm. But do, you remember, do you remember what those were? And in hindsight, do you think you were somehow subconsciously influenced by those sorts of styles? Well, this is the sad thing is, yeah. I can't remember what they were because it's thirty. My memory's not that good these days, honestly. Um, but I know, you know, I know when I started watching what Paul was doing, then you know, obviously I was a lot older then, and you know, watching, looking at Turn of the Worm and Turn of the Screw and all that, the art just it just absolutely captivated me. I mean, Paul, Paul's artwork always has. We'd sit there in art class together and we would just do stuff, and you know, it'd be so simple. But his artwork, always, I've I've still got a lot of his art from school. Because it's just, I always found it absolutely amazing. He drew comics and like still got copies of the comics at home. Just I won't get rid of them. They're just too good. And, uh, yeah. and, I, and I always wish he carried on drawing. That his art is, I mean, obviously his writing's amazing and he's you know, influenced you know, a lot of people over the years. But his art is, again is just something second to none. And um, I mean, I see the knife there. <laughs> <laughs> which is one of the original bubblegum because we did bubblegum after or during teletext I think the bubblegum website oh. so you know that was a that was a quite a big project oh right okay and so what, what was that what was that project about can you tell us more about it that it was it was basically digitizer but on a web page um, on a website and we had a big website and it was just the two of us working on it it's, I mean, it's nearly 99% his work and I just did everything you know, behind the scenes a little bit of uh, modesty there I'm yeah, sure he, so. he just produces so much work and every day we'd have updates and put new pages new top tens and new comic you know the, you know, the you know, snakes on there, or different characters. All the digitizer characters are still on there. The website's still there. I was going to say, is it still available? So yeah, bubblegun.com. Bubblegun.com. There you go. So that's canon now. That's part of the digitizer universe. Yeah, so much. It's yeah. the same, and it was. You know, obviously, it hasn't been updated for twenty years, but it's still there. Oh. Um, but yeah, we sold. We sold all the. We sold loads of t-shirts, and it's so nice to see another one still there. <laughs> Uh, it was yeah so we did that together as well that was at the same sort of time as teletext yeah so with the teletext then I mean was there um, like like, like say the job I mean what was the what's the worst bit of art you had to do you, we, we know how good your art is but what was the absolute stinker I enjoyed it all and then after about six months of the same things it just lost its appeal uh, I started then doing sort of it's no real stinker I mean it's just you know palm trees and boats and planes and suns and every single day for months on end it just was a little bit demoralising eventually yeah, yeah. and I think because I had a young family and I was wanted to get home so I didn't really stick around doing other stuff and it was just adverts you know can you put together the, the new holiday prices and you know make sure you can fit a brand new plane in there or, and then it was like that was it. That was it. That, unfortunately, after I moved down from the editorial down to the advertising, that's all it was. And it was again, it was a, it was a little bit demoralising, and I sort of lost any sort of passion I had for it. Yeah. Um, but again, this is one thing I'm looking back now and realising I, you know, I shouldn't have done. But I, I tend to sort of perhaps lose interest in things. Oh no, that's fair. Um, yeah. But I did go from there to work at an advertising agency and just doing the same thing. Yeah. 
so I went to work for a you know, called Comrade Comrade Advertising, right. and their main business was teletext adverts because they could outsource adverts to different companies. Yeah, and yeah. we had all the same system and all the same software, and mm-hmm. yeah, but that was again yeah. that was a year and a half, two years of. I just wanted to ask: Did you get any out of the ordinary requests for the holiday advertising or anything that uh, uh, something that wasn't holidays? Like, I don't know, a lawnmower. Do you remember doing stuff like that? Do you know, the only two... Funny, recently it was those... I think, did you put them up? To, uh, computer game um, adverts for good games. There was like 3DO games. I'm sure you recovered them recently. They were put online and said, did I... Somebody asked if I did them. And I completely... I said no. And then, then remembered with Paul's help that I had done them. And they were just so out of the ordinary. They were 3DO games. It was like one was a tank and there was like a giant mech and... That was like the best thing. But I can't remember, I, f- I can't believe I actually forgot I did them. And it was only after I was looking at it for like 10 minutes, I think that's looking familiar now. And yeah, it, because everything was just, again, palm trees and sunsets and and then suddenly th- there's something a little bit different. But I forgot it because there was just so much other stuff. Is that what I so, so looking back at those artworks now, it's quite difficult to recognize your own style. Whereas these days, I'd argue anybody could look at any of your works and say that's a Hasenberger piece. But it is interesting that you say that if you looked back, I know it's been 30 years or whatever, but if you looked back on those pieces, it must have looked a lot different back then. And in fact, actually, I can see the evolution of your style from when you came back to the the Teletext art community, uh, maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, I can see the it's become uh, there was a bit simplistic at first but then more and more you developed your own new style I guess that's completely different than what we saw in the 90s um, so my question is I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> no I agree now. I'm just about to say that I mean the, the teletext is such a limited medium you've got, you've got seven colours and you've got like what 80 by 48 pixels, not all of which can have an individual colour, and yet teletext artists have a, can impose their own style on that. It's, it's quite something that, in such a limited medium, you can tell who's drawn the picture. Yeah, I've tried to move into more... I try to see how much realism I can get to a lot of the art, um, because I think Paul, Paul did an amazing thing with simplicity. You know, Just a few pixels can make an amazing picture. So I was trying to see, can I do the whole page? And try to make something as realistic as possible. And I think looking at my work, it probably is more that, um, like portraits of people, trying to make them look like the actual person. Yes. Yeah. And it's great because it has its own, uh, its own character and style, which is wonderful. Like the Santa Clauses you did for probably teletext holidays. I think about those all the time. Yeah. Santa Claus on the beach and the snowman on the beach. Yeah. I love those. Yeah, that actually, that was quite good. I always enjoyed Christmas because there was always a bit more to do. Uh, a lot of the, the, what they call the pages in between, the, the main pages, I can actually go and do a full page of just, you know, reindeer and Santa or Santa sitting by the fireplace, you know, and all those things. And it was, but it was once a year. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Did you do the advent calendars? I, I think I might have done part of some bits and pieces and elements, but because a lot of the stuff we could put into libraries, so there was you could save you know uh, you know do a picture, a small picture, a bit of graphics, pick you know clip art basically, and then you could just grab it and import it. Yeah, I, I think it's quite funny because like the moment you think of Christmas, you always think of like well red, white, and green in teletext. But when you're thinking of the summer, you're thinking of blue, white, and yellow, aren't you? <laughs> so it's uh, quite lucky they got some colours there. Yeah, just sure. Shouldn't there's no orange. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, we, we, we uh, 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 well, Ladbrokes had orange. They know. did have orange. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's a. Uh, that's really good. So, um, so yeah, you mentioned your your work now, and you, you you challenge yourself. You push yourself really hard to get as much uh, detail in as you can. But I'm just wondering, from a creative point of view, and I tend to ask this to a lot of creative people. You know, where where do you um, where, you know, where, where where do you keep getting your ideas from? I mean, is it you know, how how do you get the inspiration for these things? It did slow down. Um, well, I started looking at. I got, you know, I'd pick a, something would happen, there'd be something, I'd always keep an eye on the news. If somebody, somebody decides to die, very unfortunately, I'd see if I can get a picture out, you know, as quick as possible. 
Um, if somebody else is in the news or something's happened, I'll maybe try to do that. And then if there was nothing in news, I'd pick a character and then maybe do a series of all the characters, like the Father Ted characters or... And just try to carry on with the series. But after a few thousand, it's, it is difficult. I keep asking suggestions. People give me some great suggestions, but some of them are just, I can't do that. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank Steve. you. It's been really good. And uh, are you? can you share any secrets with what's happening on tonight's show? No, I know nothing what's happening. I, the trouble is, I, I live in Devon. It's too far. I used to come down and get involved a lot, but this year has just been a bit crazy. Uh, trying to sell the house and everything else and the new job and I just haven't been able to come down and get involved so it's all a surprise for me oh absolutely well we enjoy it like the rest of us that's for sure well yeah. um, no one leaves this show empty handed what does he get ladies and gentlemen Nigerian what was that Dan oh, oh hello he, he's he, hello he's, he's just only just come on the stream that's amazing do you know, I just come back from Kenya, Uganda, literally last well earlier this week, and we were fascinated by the colours of the drinks yeah. and Fanta, especially. We go into every shop and we just stare at the Fanta. So to actually have a bottle well, is yeah, amazing. That's Thank all you. yours to keep. Thank you. I won't ever open it. Oh, I was going to say, I've got a bottle opener if you want to open it now. So, <laughs> that's it. No, that's, that's all yours, and uh, you'll probably find in a power car, it will light the way. Yeah. <laughs> was it, it's one of those things from, was it? Fallout? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Well, we could just say it's 20 years old and he'll drink it tomorrow, wouldn't he? So that'd be quite good. Uh, why are you giving Tony Touch people something that's orange? Well, this is part that's of why, it. That's why, isn't it? Yeah, he's subversively giving orange things to people with a limited colour palette. But, uh, you're lucky it's not a Commodore 64 for them. So, uh, yeah, okay, well... Thank you. That was a little joke there for the retro people. Um, okay, well, thank you very much, Steve. You can Thanks. stay there if you like, but I've I've now got another guest to bring on. So a big round of applause, please, for Steve the Horsenberger, Horsley. <laughs> you stay? Thank you, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, you got to go back through there, right? That's it. All right. All right. Oh. Oh. I'm blue. Is that I'm blue extra? Lovely. Thanks. Okay, then, sir. Lovely. Thank you very much. Cheers. Lovely. Thank you. Well, to wrap up today's show, we have one extra guest who accidentally volunteered themselves. So, without any further ado, we need to know what uh, what went into the effort of last night's show. So, bringing up the Super Page Fifty Eight himself. Round of applause. Hello, hello. Hello, just, just counting me bottles of Fanta. It looks like you're going to have Stuart Ashen's bottle of Fanta. <laughs> what a privilege. You're in trouble now. Lovely. Well, now, thanks very much for coming on. And um, I think everyone, yeah, low hanging fruit, I think everyone really enjoyed the show last night. Oh, okay. and, uh, Thank you. And, uh, and, like, you know, from from my point of view, just seeing the testimonies you managed to get, I mean, that was very, you know, how, how did you manage to do all that? All credit to everyone that um, I approached because everybody was up for it, apart from the two people that, that Biffo said, go for the people that really hate me. Like, if you really want to do it, so I thought, well, I'll ask them, um, just in case, but I'm not sure the tonal shift, if it's really going to sour things. Um, yeah, so he, he gave me the contact details for the sub that um, used to cut entire pages that he wrote for no reason. And, uh, and, was, the one, and was the one that called him to, the, the, to tell him that the humour was being cut and he had to uh, um, do half as much work. For, yeah, and uh, so he gave me his details and he gave me the details of someone in, in Tim Moore's first book, he referred to it as the, the evil features editor. Um, um, yeah, and, and, a, and an, an important Australian, um, but yeah. So I got I got in touch with both of those, and they blanked me. So yeah, probably for the best. But everybody else, they really stepped up and did an absolutely cracking job. And I, I just gave them the, the, the brief like it, it's Panto Biffo's the villain. We're going to put him on trial. It's a show trial. Um, you know, we want to find him guilty basically. And they they yeah, they came through. Um, there were people that he hadn't been in touch with for years that I was able to track down, and they were just full of praise and fondness for him still and the, the teletext days and, and um, really forthcoming um, Dave Hunter who was the music editor of, of the first 
first music section. Um, he uh, used to hang around with Biffa and, and Hairs a lot and used to get involved in all the pranks and like I say, he had a lot of memories about that. And he did a lovely video, all, did all the editing himself and everything. And um, I didn't even ask for any of that. I was just thinking it'd be like a head to camera kind of thing and I'd have to you know just chop it up a bit. But he did this brilliant kind of sinister video and like, dropped all his graphics in and stuff and, and effects. And yeah, and so many of them others did. Ashens did an amazing one we put at the start as well. X Files conspiracy theory kind of thing. Um, yeah, and, and even the guys that did the simple ones, they just were great sports and were poking fun at themselves and, and stuff. Um, everyone had a really good sense of humour. And um, yeah, I, I managed to get some people that um, last minute that didn't expect. Like there was, there was a regular. Uh, writer, um, letter writer that used to um, write in Nancy Skelton, and I tracked him down on a fruit machine forum. Um, <laughs> because I, I, How does that work? Well, he linked to Super Page 58, and I found the link because I've got my day job, I'm an SEO, so I, I got to see the links to the pages and. and um, I, I saw like this, this link to him. It's like oh, on this site, I'm still referred to as Bones, and he's like I had a link to the the A to Z on there. It's like what is that entity skeleton? So I followed it, and it was a fruit machine forum. He'd be posting on. He'd written this post about the, the Amiga, and um, so I, I had to join the forum. I like, posted a message there. Anthony Skelton, please contact me. We're doing this thing for Digitizers Thirties, and he waited a month to, to contact me, and like he gave me a video finally this week, um, and he was like I wish I'd contact you sooner I'm really happy about being involved with the 30th and everything but yeah people have been great sports about it they've really got into the spirit of it and um, I'm just glad it went down so well because you never know and I'm, this, is, this isn't what I do so yeah and for Biffo to put his trust in me to you know an hour of his show as well um, so yeah it was fantastic yeah very, very happy to have been invited to do that and it went down as well as it did yeah no absolutely it was really good it's quite um quite moving at the end actually when uh, Graham Lovelace came on which was uh, someone that Paul doesn't really refer to much because he was the boss and um, but it was interesting to have the boss come out and actually defend uh, Paul well um, when Biffo talks about him for instance on um, Games of My Years the, 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 his memoirs that he wrote on, on Digitized 2000 um, he, he refers to those times as being a, a struggle for, for Digi because he was seen as being wayward and um, the, the, like there was some conspiracy to pull him away from Digi and to get him to do the graphics again rather than working on that. So they, um, he, his, his desk was moved into Graham's office so that he could watch over him. I mean, literally, like, you know, sat next to each other. So, so he had to sneak in doing Digi in, his lunch, in Graham's lunch break and that kind of thing. Um, so it's still being done, you know, um, surreptitiously, um, just under the radar. Um, but Biffo said since then that um, he always feels that, that Graham he would have been you know, really friendly with and, and got on well with if it hadn't been for the fact that he was his boss at the time. But when I approached Graham, I, I said, we're doing this trial, we're looking for prosecution witnesses, we're, we're, we're just going to roast him, basically. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, but I want to be a defence witness. I, yeah, and he was adamant about that. Yeah, and... Um, um, so he, he sent me a script that he was going to read and uh, I was like, oh this, this is good but then when he put the video together, it was like a mini documentary it was, uh, absolutely went to town with all these clips and photos and uh, all this archive material that he clearly had still um, and yeah it was fantastic but it will never be seen again because he's, he's put it full of copyrighted material and said don't ever put this on YouTube <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you were there last night you've got a one off there it's never to be seen again no, it was brilliant no, it was really well put together so with the um, with, with the show itself was it something that Paul always had in mind that you were going to provide something that he didn't know about or was this an idea that came along later it kind of evolved really because what he initially came to me with was um, an idea about um, digitizer history and he wanted the first night to be looking back at classic digi and um, he, he, he felt that an interview format had already been done. He's, he's been interviewed a number of times now over the years, and he's like, I don't want to retread the same stories in the, in the same kind of format. And, and I interviewed him last year for, for Digi Level 2, which was the, the first episode that went out at the start of the year. So it would have been a retread of questions, essentially. And it's always good fun doing that, and a live setting is even better, but you know, I can understand you know, why he wanted to do something fresh. So we, we were just kind of thinking, how can we do the history thing, uh, but in a, with a different angle? So I, I just just the trial of Mr. Biffo, and he said, that's a good idea. Why don't you do it? <laughs> like in, in classic Digi style, or with John Holmes saying, "Yeah, all right, you do it then." Um, so um, I just I, I thought, oh, fine, okay. I'll, I'll, all that all that involves is, is talking to people and asking. But then he said, "Yeah, you want, I want you on stage as well. I want you to write it." 
what? So, um, yeah, it was very much a say yes to things kind of thing and get out of your comfort zone. Um, so um, not the kind of thing I would choose to do, but when you're presented with the opportunities, don't, you know, don't pass them up. Um, glad I did. Glad, glad I did it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I think Paul Gannon was glad that you did as well. <laughs> Wasn't this song great though? <laughs> did you he write was, the song? No, he no. Did, no, he wrote all that. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was a that was a, a, a this week thing as well. He was like, "God help me, I'm going to sing a song." That's <laughs> that's how I'm going to close the the show. Uh, but but Sanya was going to do a reply song as well, and, and the, 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 I think there was time at the end. We were meant to swear him in on a copy of Mean Machines. <laughs> I actually bought a copy of Mean Machines with Sonic Three on the cover. You were just for <laughs> yeah, you were asking for one on the internet, weren't you, for a meat machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but yeah, we just yeah, short on times, did you? Think these these things happen? But yeah, it was cracking, and um, yeah, seeing that the next thing to tossed out into the audience because <laughs> he didn't know anything about that. Because um, when Mister Hairs sent his video and like, had the whole thing about the the next thing to and like hissing out of it, and I was like, I'm gonna just say, can you make one? I didn't tell him any of the details or who was talking about it. So like, yeah, can, can you make this? It's like. All right. Well, what is it? Okay, yeah. Then he, then he, we had this Zoom call um, to like do a production meeting, and he's like, "I've made your next sphincter," and I held it up, and it's this huge thing. He's like, "I was just thinking this tiny thing to stick on the back of your neck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this dangling thing, <laughs> like some kind of a body horror <laughs> thing, like like like, like, like an eighties rapper would wear. <laughs> it was just insane. Yeah, and so he came out with it, with it all underneath his clothes, looking like that breast augmentation. It was unbelievable. But yeah, um, yeah, John White of the many questions fame from from the letters page uh, um, caught that in the end. So mm. souvenir for him. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice little um, <laughs> bit of serendipity for someone yeah. like that to get it. Actually, so that was uh, that was that was brilliant. So yeah, it worked uh, out well. Yeah, no, it, it worked out really well, and it marked a, a really good, um, you know, thirtieth great great landmark. Thirty so, years. Yeah. I mean, you've got to mark it somehow, haven't you? It's it's a, it's a big moment. Oh, ab- absolutely, absolutely. But this is where it more comes on to, you know, to, to the side that you've been doing. You know, how long have you been doing the website for? 25 years. 25. Yeah, 1997. So with the show trial for you in five years' time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy because when I, when I look back at it, um, did you seem like it had been going for a while at the time? Um, but it was only five years, um, th- thinking about it, because did you start in 93? Um, I started the site in December 97, so, yeah. Nearly, nearly five years and um, yeah it, it was long enough established that there was a lot to talk about there and obviously it had the love so and the, the knowledge so I thought okay, I'll, I'll do this thing um, but to have thought then that actually we would go on to have another five years and actually a lot of what people remember about did you came in that other that the second five year period um, the, the, the snakes Mr. T was a more frequent character the man's daddy returned in a big way the, the rapping shoe um, uh, all of that stuff was was after, and it, and um, now I think back, it's like this is all classic material that we were actually able to watch develop. Mock mock a mock. Saw the first. We recovered the first ever mock mock a mock recently with the you know the mutant swan uh, uh, crying out because somebody had said I haven't seen a swan for a while. Ever swan? Yeah, press people see a swan. Mock mock a mock. Yeah. So um, it's uh, it's it's been uh, a joy really. Um, I had no idea that it was going to develop the way it has. It's crazy to think now that when I rebooted it in, in 2018, um, since then, um, we've recovered over half of, of, of Digi, and um, I've actually been updating for Superpage 58 for longer now than I did originally when I, when I launched it, because uh, I, I stopped it when the humour stopped. So, um, not, you know, December 97 to September 2001, um, and... So that just that period, and then one more update when um, it had its final audition, and and uh, Alex Garland did his, his tribute. So put that out there. But then it went on hiatus for a, for a long while. Uh, just froze it. Just just kept the site up, and, and that was it. I forgot about it essentially. And then in twenty sixteen, um, Cambridge Block Party and uh, Digifest happened, and I've yeah realised that before I was back, had no idea before that, and. Uh, the whole world of telesets recovery opened up, and I was amazed. Couldn't believe that we were somehow able to see this stuff again and um, as the 20th birthday of Superpage 58 approached in uh, December 97 I just thought I should probably do something about this it's it's time to to bring it back and uh, really glad that I did no absolutely so when you started the whole web page up originally you were completely unaware of any potential teletext recovery that could happen it, well it was 
um, impossible. It was thought impossible at the time. Um, we probably knew that the signal was being recorded on on VHS, but it was too poor quality to be able to um, to, to to view. Um, all we had was captures from TV cards, and even then, it, that was all a bit of a grey area around copyright. There was a lot of reluctance in the early days of the web community to put screenshots up um, because of a lot of fear of what teletext would do. Because I, I, in the early days, I had a cease and desist from uh, the publishers of the Bluffers Guidebooks because <laughs> the Digi A to Z was originally called the Bluffers Guide to Digi, and that, that I had this um, yeah threatening letter from a, an American lawyer with a, like a double surnamed name, um, yeah, saying that people could mistake this for a bluff, an official Bluffers Guide product. Like, Really, do you think? Um, so yeah, that's that's why that that name changed. But yeah, there was a, there was a lot of caution around putting stuff up. There was a site called um, Teletext Graphics on the web, so I, I stole a lot of stuff from them. And like, I thought if they're doing it, then I'll, I'll take it too. And then eventually, uh, um, another, another site, um, Mole Man, uh, came along, did Jimmy Do, and that was um, screen grabs of pages, which uh, which was brilliant at the time. But now you look at their really low res. Um, and it's just incredible to, to, to think how the technology has come along. We've got these these huge high res for you know, for teletext uh, images now that uh, we're able to put up on in the archive. And you know, I'm updating the site twice a, a month now at this point, and um, we're at nearly fifty thousand pages of digi. You know, one thousand six hundred thirty-seven, I think, editions we're up to. There must have been something like three thousand broadcasts. So, I mean, from going to nothing to over fifty percent. Um, in in four years, is is just mind boggling. That I'm taking my hat off to the community for the work that they do to just process this stuff, and yeah, there are people that enjoy um, doing the recoveries. There are people who enjoy cleaning it up, and I enjoy archiving it. So it's like there's a whole process there. The, the chain is complete, and everyone kind of you know gets together and does. And it's it's a community spirit, and everyone's doing it out of public service and love for the medium, really. And people have said to me over the years, oh, why don't you put a coffee up or put apps on your site? And, Nice day, get money from. I said, "Not why I do it. Just, just do it for the love. Just to, you know, have it archived and for posterity for future generations. How, I don't, who knows how long this is going to be relevant for, and people are going to care. But for the, for now, while there are people that care, it's there, and, and it'll be there for as long as I can make it. No, absolutely, and um, it, that's thrown up a couple of questions really with me. Is the fact that you don't realise how much work that Paul actually did. I mean, if if we're recovering like three thousand odd. Things he, he he's done a hell of a lot, and also when you started the service again, was uh, was was Mister Biffo actually in in the in the loop at any time at all, or were you just doing it sort of separately of him? Not at first, but it didn't take long because um, it started out as a, a just a really simple uni assignment, you know, not a major one that you know, had marks on it or anything, but just like yeah, make a website. You got two weeks to go away, but anything you like, do it. And I was just thinking to myself, what can I do a website about? And I just about a digitizer it'd be, be nice to put some memories on there and that kind of thing and they had their their official website at the time which had nothing on it really apart from an archive of reviews so okay well i can, I can grab some quotes from there and i can like then talk about the characters and you know uh, um you know some of my memories of what's happened over the years so it was just pretty basic to begin with um and so I didn't tell anyone about it. It was just you know some, something I was, I was doing at uni. But then my sister, who used to write to Digi occasionally as well, um, she wrote a letter um, with the address to, to Biffo saying, see love for Digi here. And then like a couple of days later, I got an email from him. And um, yeah, and he's just been very supportive ever since really. Um, he's uh, obviously a hero of mine and I, I credit him with, um, you know, um, my writing style, my, the, I've learned so much about how to do good writing. Um, Steve was talking about his artwork earlier, and his, his artwork's incredible, we know this. His writing as well, um, and n- not just um, the long-form stuff, but um, the, the short the short bursts on, on teletext. He just really knows how to craft it and knows what goes into a page and, um, you know, it, to write a narrative and to grab you and um, to subvert your expectations and all, all that sort of thing. So if that was inspiring, and so to have this this guy that I looked up to talking to me as a you know as a, as a peer almost, which was ridiculous, um, was a real real honour. And you know I you know, kept in touch with him. I, I uh, um, did some stuff for Bubble Gun initially in, in, in the early days and um, went along to his leaving party for for Teletext in two thousand and three. Uh, and yeah, that that was a pleasure to be invited along to. Um, so yeah, it was. It's been great to you know, 
get back in touch with him since his return and just see how, how, how well he's done in the intervening years because if yeah, man's genius as far as I'm concerned Absolutely and uh, well any any sort of like hints on tonight are you involved in tonight in I've got nothing to do with tonight <laughs> and I'm quite glad of that because it's as, as, as great as it was to do last night um, it's just be lovely to go as a punter tonight and just have all, all the surprises that everyone else is going to have and, and just see it all take shape because I'm sure we're, we're in for a bit of a ride. So, uh, yeah, no, no idea what's happening. All, all I know is that the Venus will be involved. <laughs> well, there's definitely going to be looking forward to that. So, uh, no, well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks and uh, again, thanks very much for everything, all the effort that you put in yesterday Pleasure. Uh, with the show. It really, really did send it off nicely. So, uh, nobody leaves empty handed on this show. What does everybody get? Orange. Orange. Thank you very much, Dan. There you go. So, with that, sir, thank, you, thank you very much. A big round of applause for our final guest, Super Page 58. <laughs> it's like Stockholm Syndrome, really, you guys. You've, we've really got to know each other with, uh, with today's uh, um, uh, little sofa club. So, Thank you very much for uh, coming along and uh, listening to me drone on. But most of all, a big hand to all our guests. So a big round of applause wherever they are. And um, yeah, the canteen. They're back in the green room then, so they're all sorted there. So uh, yeah. So uh, and uh, thanks very much to Dan as well, who's uh, in the corner there. Big round of applause to Dan, please. A big thank you to the um, people who were putting the uh, the whole uh, chunky fest chunky fringe on. Uh, the gentleman at the back there, if you want to just stand up and take a round of applause, please. Uh, a big thank you to the production at the back there who are doing the sounds, the vision and the lights. Thank you very much, Dan. And if everybody else, a keep it blocky. Thank you very much. The gentleman that I didn't mention by name in the recording was David Walford who was the organiser of Chunky Fringe and again a big thank you to him because without his um, efforts it wouldn't have taken place at all so a big thank you to him. The recording was made by Ash Versus of Under Constellation, the Games Master Retrospective Podcast. You can find him at Under Console Pod on X. Uh, Insta at under console, threads at under dot console, and Twitch under console pod. A big thank you for the uh, recording on that. It was a lot of effort and it is much appreciated. A big thank you again to my guests Jason Rich of the At Wolfie Pod, Jason Robertson of the At Grim Fandango, Steve Horsley at Horsenberger, Chris Bell at Superpage58. Thank you for being wonderful guests. Remember, you can support the podcast at any time by leaving a like on your podcast platform of choice, leaving a review. If you feel that way inclined, you could always um, send us a Kofi, but that's completely up to you. It is only a hobby, so um, everybody gets the same benefits regardless of uh, whatever goes on there. You can join the Discord uh, to carry on the conversation, perhaps give me some ideas or share some uh, of your own experiences, and maybe we could do a podcast about that in the future. So with all the housekeeping out of the way, all that's left for me to say is that Bite High No Limit was presented by me, Carl and Dan Farrament and is a Bite High No Limit production. And until next time, keep it blocky. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go!